Hey there, Full Disc listeners. We've got something special for you today. In the current global pandemic world we're living in, we at Full Disc started feeling the huge void being left by the extreme lack of aviating going on. Our good friends at Mudspike Aviation felt the same. We both agreed that something needed to be done. Since we couldn't get out and watch our friends fly, we figured what better way to keep in touch than inviting them into our virtual flight line and having a simple conversation about all things aviation. For seven straight hours, we had live conversations with military pilots, airshow pilots, warbird owners and operators, social media personalities, and photographers. The audio was recorded live, and while there were definitely some technical issues that popped up, we feel that the quality of the conversation greatly outweighs the quality of the audio. Without further ado, Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation present the following for your listening pleasure. Full Disc Aviation and Mudspike Aviation presents an aviation conversation. All right, everybody, welcome back to another segment of the Full Disc Aviation, Mudspike Aviation Virtual Air Show. Um, my name is Tyler, Zone 5 Photo on Instagram. Um, join with uh, Chris Loaf, Loafing Photo on Instagram. Um, and we're trying to get uh, Skyhawk in here. Let's see here. Give me one second. I think we should All be right. good now. There we are. There we are. And we are sitting down today with Jared Floor, pilot of the Skyhawk Mate. Jared, uh, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your background, uh, what uh, aircraft you fly, and how you got into flying. Cool. Well, you know, long story short, like all of us, I think, uh, in this business, I, I, I got interested at first going to an air show. I'm from uh, Big Spring, Texas, out in West Texas, and consider the Midland Air Show as my hometown air show. So... I went to that air show, I think the first time I was like three years old and got interested there and kind of always wanted to be a pilot growing up. And, um, yeah, just, uh, kind of did everything I could to, (laughs) to make ends meet, to, to make it happen. But, um, never really was interested in being like an airline pilot or anything like that. Um, always wanted to be an air show pilot. So I guess I guess that's just what I pursued, and I didn't really know how to pursue it, so I just kept taking opportunities that, <laughs> that led me the way I thought was supposed to go. <laughs> yeah. What, so, um, what aircraft types do you fly? Uh, currently, I, um, I fly, uh, well, the A4 Skyhawk, of course. Um, I fly the A4. I'm typed in an Embraer Legacy 650, uh, Embraer 135. I'm a Czech airman for a company that has a bunch of those. Awesome. Um, also typed in a Citation Mustang, and I have a T28 type. Um, so I, I teach in all those, and, and uh, as far as type ratings, that's all I have so far. And um, I also instruct in turboprops and other jets and warbirds like T6s all the way to Meridians and TVMs, uh, PC12, uh, yeah, PC12s. And I also take care of a Pilatus Porter for a, for a friend and client of mine, and I instruct in that as well. So it's kind of all across the the gamut you know extras and pits as well so i try to stay sharp in all of those but the mainstay these days is the a4 for sure (laughs) awesome um can you talk with us a little bit about what it was learn how to fly the a4 to do 
quite a bit of training before they let you take that thing around the patch. Yeah, so um, I, I was actually surprised. Uh, luckily, I had um, a lot of the different experiences of the airplanes I just described kind of culminated into something that luckily made sense for the insurance company to trust me in it. Everyone in this <laughs> business knows that they're the ones that really run the show. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, you know, it came down to them just saying, well, I just need a, a type rating. And um, so what I did was I got a hold of... Uh, Mike Eberhard, his call sign's Buick. He's pretty well known in the A4 community. Uh, he, he also flew the MIG for the one of the MIGs for the Black Diamond jet team, and um, mm-hmm. he's got he's got like 3,500 hours in TA4s in the Navy. He flew F14, so he he was a perfect guy to to come and train me. So you know we 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 flew him out here, and I went through a several day ground course with him, and then got in the airplane. We did the whole type rating in the airplane, and uh, just had a just had a blast. I mean, I learned so much from him and he's so knowledgeable. And to this day, if I ever have a question, I give him a text or a call and man, that guy knows, he knows it all. So <laughs> <laughs> then I, I went up and, uh, you know, I did all my training with him. We went through everything, total military style. We did all the way through aerobatics, you know, things that weren't even required for the, uh, check ride. But, mm-hmm. and then, uh, then I flew out and, um, uh, fortunately, uh, Doc Sugden, uh, Rich Sugden, let me use his TA4 to fly with a uh, guy, uh, call sign Cujo, did my check ride, and and then I was a an A4 pilot. So that's pretty much what it was, you know. And I I'm used to going through type ratings and simulators and all that, but it was it was a it was a heck of a lot of fun to do it in the airplane. Awesome. But that's kind of how it went. That's a short story. But it's kind of funny when you jump in an A4 and, you know, you have the deck ride, everything you got to do. And you just, okay, do steep turns left, steep turns right. We got to go shoot, <laughs> shoot an ILS. It's like, okay, when are we going to get to the fun stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but that's how it went. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, you know, sh- speaking of shooting approaches and stuff for the, the, the pilots that are in here, what? Is it challenging to shoot an approach in that in that kind of aircraft, or does it handle it pretty well? Well, the thing is, um, I kind of try to I try to describe it kind of like flying a pits or an extra to people that haven't flown an airplane like this. And 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 what I mean by that is, it'll do exactly what you tell it to do, and the, you just got to make sure that you're telling it to do the right thing. Because if you're not, it'll do the wrong thing very quickly. And uh, yeah. you know, an, an RA4 doesn't have an autopilot in it, so when I'm taking off, I'm pretty well versed because of my other job. I'm well versed in flying, you know, departures and arrivals and approaches and all that. But um, some of my jobs have another pilot sitting in there and you're bouncing things off of each other and working as a team, you know, the mm-hmm. crew environment. And, and this thing, man, it's all you. It's you got to you got to really be prepared ahead of time. Um, you can't really take your hands off the stick uh, because it's so sensitive. It really it's about as sensitive as the extra. And, um, you know, you're moving 400 knots. And yeah. You know, and that's with it powered back, trying to fly an arrival. And, and uh, I mean, it's a handful. It, it, you can get behind it real quick. So, so I that's one airplane that I I really never think I got it figured out. I'm always thinking, what's next? What's next? So, um, it's a handful. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to say it's easy. <laughs> and now, as far as going out in a VFR hop and going and doing some rolls and having fun, man, it's just you think it, it does it, but when you know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're trying to descend on an arrival and cross a fix at a certain altitude and a certain speed to join an ILS or something, I'm like, man, that's that's when it gets tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, 
what, in your opinion, is your like favorite maneuver to fly? Your routine. If you could pick That's one, a, <laughs> if I had to pick one, I would just say, you know, I really love doing the banana pass. Um, the A4 just presents so well. That, that's the cool thing about it is, you know, very different. I used to fly air shows in the extra, like I said, and the pressure for me to try to be um, the cutting edge or whatever, uh, you know, like in the extra, you try to just, it's all about you and the airplane is just your tool you're using. And the difference in the A4 is people are there to see the airplane. They don't really care who's in it. They just want to see it go by. And I, I just love doing banana pass and that thing, you know, it, four or five hundred knots coming across the crowd and it just sounds good coming it sounds good going and after you pass by you just point it towards the sky and you're out of sight if you want to be man and it's just <laughs> and it's funny too because i see people send me videos of me doing that all the time and I'm like man it's it sounds awesome it looks like i'm rocking and but inside the cockpit you know you're in the zone and you just you don't hear any of that noise changing it's just feels smooth it sounds nice and you just kind of smoothly pull in there's nothing aggressive about it and I, ju I just think that's really cool. I think the inside of the cockpit versus outside what they see, I just think I get a, I get a lot of fun out of that, I think. Mm -hmm. so. But uh, yeah, I'd say that one. I know that's probably a boring one to pick. <laughs> oh, no. Us, us photographers, we love the banana passes. Great. Yeah. Great yeah, photos. I love it. And, and it's, a it's a little bit of a challenge to do it properly, too, because depending on how fast you're going and what airplane you're in, you know you're – your starting point and ending point is very different. The angle you come in behind the crowd and turn. And I like, I like seeing if I can nail that to where I can just be stood up, you know, and plan form all the way around and give the crowd a good, a good view of the plane. So. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, could you talk us through some of the performance specs, if you will, of the, the A4, as far as, you know, pounds of thrust speeds, uh, cruising altitudes, things like that. Sure. So, uh, ours, um, Ours is a little bit different, but it's close enough. So I'll just speak to ours. And, uh, you know, uh, so ours is a TA4. We just usually leave off the designator because it's a TA4J, a TA4F. It's kind of a mixture of both. And the people that built it just had to kind of the best of both worlds. And then it's got some GA stuff put into it. Like ours has an avionics bus in it with batteries that run the avionics like a corporate jet would have. And so they tried to take the military jet and then they, they tried to make it as practical to use as you can make an A4. Um so one of the things they did was they uh, they took 2,000 pounds of weight out of it. So our jet weighs about uh, just shy of about 10,500 pounds empty, which is about usually what a single seat A4 weighs. Um, so it's starting out light already. And then ours has the J52 P8B engine in it, Pratt & Whitney. So that's 9,300 pounds of thrust. So um, it weighs 10,500 pounds, has 9,300 pounds of thrust, and of course, uh, max takeoff was 24,500 because this thing was originally designed to be a, a, a nuclear bomber, you know, so it was mm -hmm. designed to carry more than its own weight in a, in, in whatever you wanted to hang off of it. So, um, so we're, we're almost never at that weight uh, that it was designed for because all we ever throw on is a couple of 300 gallon drop tanks and fill them up to go cross country. So, um, <laughs> when I'm, <laughs> when I'm flying the air shows, if I do have the drop tanks on them, they're empty. And, uh, you know, right now I don't even have the drop tanks on it because uh, we took it up to have some avionics done. But um, so, yeah, for performance wise, it's pretty it's a pretty peppy little jet. It's already known as the scooter, you know, or the Bantam mm -hmm. bomber. And everyone I've talked to that's ever flown it in service just loved it. And um, so it's light. It's got a lot of thrust for, for how light it is. And um, 
according to the the dash one or the book um all the altitudes in the book top out at sixty thousand feet um there's wow. nothing in there that that shows a service ceiling there, there are no data that shows a service ceiling there's nothing definitive but all the charts go to sixty thousand feet um I, I have some friends that said they've been up in the 50s in it and uh it all depends on what you're carrying but mm-hmm. since we don't you know we don't have our ours our vsm so the highest i ever fly it is 28 i did get a special up to 33 one time i was flying off the wing of a, an aircraft that did have rvsm so um okay. performed fine there but you know i'm usually usually running across country 25 to 27,000 feet somewhere in there and we usually just pull the power back to about 2500 pounds an hour and that puts us zipping along around 0.78 or 0.80 0.80 mach which mm-hmm. which is pretty easy for them to fit us into the system you know we're not we're not passing a whole lot of people up and we're certainly not going slow and we're, we're doing okay on fuel. So yeah. but that's, that's how it is that, you know, it, I've had it to 0.95 Mach is the fastest I've ever had it. And that was at about 12,000 feet, um, during my training and had to pull the power back to get it to stop accelerating from there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fast little airplane. Awesome. <laughs> did that answer the question or did you have Absolutely. more? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. We still got. We, <laughs> we, still, we, still, we still have some more questions. Chris, did you want to? Uh, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, what's what's your, you know, why do you, why would someone acquire an aircraft like this? Um, specifically, you know, what's what's kind of the mission behind uh, Skyhawk Five Eighteen? What are you what are you trying to put out there for for everyone? So, um, so you know, that's multifaceted, of course, like most things are. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna deny that um it's not just awesome to have your own a4 and the owner uh, that's, <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> that's definitely in it you know uh it's awesome to be able to afford your own uh ta4 and uh and another part of that is let's keep the history alive and the people that built this thing just did a magnificent job um and and we thought it would be cool to be a small part of of keeping the history alive for those guys and and going forward and honoring the people that actually did work in it or, or around it, you know, in Vietnam. And, um, so just, just the coolness of having it and the, uh, being able to, to just be able to take care of a piece of history, such as this aircraft is, is an honor. Um, and it's so rewarding as well. We go to air shows, especially everywhere we go, we get someone that pops up and, Oh, I flew those in Vietnam and, you know, or whatever. It's like, my goodness, you know, where I, I taught in those out in, mississippi and you know you never know everyone has a an a4 story and it's so cool to listen to these guys so that's a big part of it of course you don't you don't really kind of think that that's what's gonna kind of grab you and and make it all worthwhile when you buy one um but now it's interesting because that's that's the first thing i start thinking about when someone asks that question um you know, and then and then there's opportunities. There's there's possible opportunities to do some contracts to help the military out um, if we ever come mm-hmm. across stuff like that. And uh, so so all, all those reasons, I guess. Awesome. Um, I saw a listener question pop up a bit ago. Um, what is your favorite part of the A4 and least favorite, if you had to choose? um it's uh do you have any context of what respect or uh, uh more of like design question um maybe um, like characteristics my favorite part of the aircraft is definitely um you know you hear everybody describes their airplane as you as you you strap it on or you strap into it or whatever but uh, the a4 is certainly that way um i feel like i'm putting on a 
a really awesome backpack every time I strap into it. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, my favorite part by far, it just, of flying it is just how fun it is to fly. It's just pure fun to fly that airplane. Um, my least favorite part of it would be, you know, uh, through the design, you know, Heinemann designed it to be very light, very small. Um, and in, in that design came the need to take out redundant systems. So the aircraft doesn't have as many redundant systems as, uh, other aircraft of, of its mission, I guess you would say. So, uh, you know, I'm constantly thinking about that. I'm always, I'm always thinking about an out and running. What am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? And, uh, so, so that's, that's a stressful part of flying any airplane, but in the A4, you know, it's a, it seems in my mind, at least it's a little bit more critical. If something goes wrong, you really got to be on it. So, um, I guess that's a broad answer, but I think it would be, it'd be nice to have more redundancy in the systems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's always a nice thing to have. Yeah. Um, is there any particular regimes of flight that are challenging to fly? or does it does it does it behave pretty well it behaves pretty well uh, the, the thing the thing that um you really got to watch in the a4 is is you know your your trend vector of your velocity down if you get if you run out of energy and you're headed towards the ground um you know that it's really hard to power yourself out of that in training one of the things that buick did with me is he had me put into a full stall um mm-hmm. hold the stick back like a falling leaf stall as a lot of people would understand what that is so we're yeah. up at you know, uh, 15, 16,000 feet or whatever. And we got the stick all the way straight back and we're just falling and the thing's bucking like a Bronco coming down with the nose slightly above the horizon. And, you know, the slats are out. Um, and then he said, okay, keep the stick back and go full power and fly yourself out of this. And, um, so I went full power, hundred percent power and nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's like, I didn't even have the power in and he said, okay, now recover. And he showed me that you have to release the stick. You have to get the air moving over the wings. And, uh, even with all that excess power, um, you can't fly your way out of this. So his point was showing, you know, don't don't let this sort of thing or this situation happen towards the ground because, you know, it, it's going to take you a few thousand feet to recover if you really get in a bad position. So um, not that that's a hard that's that's a hard position to get into if you fly it properly and, you, you know, and you do the right things and make the right choices. But I'd say that that was a real eye opener for me. Yeah. Um, going back to that kind of design of the airplane i know it's a the delta wing and stuff you said it has mm-hmm. slats does it have uh deltas don't have the trailing edge flaps yeah it's got the leading edge slats on it. and a4 is kind of famous because they're uh, they're extremely well designed they're they're really incredible to watch you can play with them and uh anyone that's ever done a lot of aerobatics knows that you can you can hear the airplane talking to you and feel it and all that and the a4 certainly talks to you um you know, and I have the mirrors. I can look up, and I can I can look at the slats in the mirror. So, you know, they're, they're completely aerodynamically and 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 G loading design. So, depending on G or aerodynamics and speed and all that, they'll come out. And they're not connected to each other. There's nothing driving them except you know gravity and aerodynamics. So, we try to make sure that ours are always very fluid, very smooth. They never get stuck ever. And uh, we have a pretty nice uh, setup going as far as how our slats are rigged. But um, if you look back to when the Blue Angels flew them, uh, the Blue Angels flew the A4 between, uh, I think it was uh, 74 and 86, I believe it was. And if you look at any pictures of the A4s that the Blue Angels flew, their slats were bolted up. Mm-hmm. And um, and the reason is, is because you can't have those slats having a mind of their own or possibly getting stuck when you're that close to each other. 
And, you know, yeah. and you'll, you'll talk to a lot of guys, especially the adverse adversary guys that flew them. Um, you know, you get us one slap pop out before the other one. And all of a sudden you're doing a snap roll, you know, yeah. and, uh, usually in the direction you didn't mean to go. So, <laughs> so yeah, those, those, those slats are incredible, but we also like everything on the A4, we pay very close attention to it and make sure that they're good to go. And we, we fly the airplane like it's a, like it's a Gulfstream G650. That thing doesn't leave the ground if there's a squawk on it. You know, it's, yeah. it no longer has a mission. She's a beauty queen now and that's the way we treat her. Right, right. So, so awesome. Um, yeah. So we we have another listener question. Um, if you don't mind. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. So, um, so what's what's the process like in acquiring and owning a former, you know, military asset? Uh, what what's what's different about that process, and then you know the ownership, um, as opposed to you know, a more general aviation craft. Yeah. So, um. There's a few different ways to go about it. The way we went about it is, um, you know, our RTA4, or it's not mine. I wish it was, but <laughs> the one I take <laughs> care of for a, a very generous owner that lets me do that. Um, you know, th- this uh, 518 was was not, it's not really a, um, it wasn't like it was decommissioned and then set set in the bone art or Amark or whatever, and then they decided to sell it as it was, you know. So this this is a... Um, this this was a process. This was a five year process. After about twenty years worth of these guys collecting parts from from aircraft um, to the best parts they could find, you know, to put together to make this aircraft, and then they built it as an experimental aircraft, almost as if someone would. It's almost as if someone went to a boneyard for an RV ten or whatever, you know, and they just picked the best of all the RV tens that are sitting out there and they put one together. And uh, if you look our tail number up, it's a two thousand and ten TA four, and. So ours is a little different, you know, and, but, but we do know people that, um, you know, the DOD does allow people to buy. Um, I don't know as much about that as I, as I should, cause I've never been through the process. Um, right. you know, but, but there is a process you go through. I think you have to get approved to be able to buy them in the first place. And what are you going to use it for? And here's what you can, here's what you can't use it for that kind of stuff. I believe there's a lot of strings attached, but it's better than them turning them into Coke cans. Right. And saying, no, oh, absolutely. So, Exactly. It lets you, you know, kind of showcase the history of uh, right now. And to that point, I did, um, you know, uh, Mage McDougal, the guy that built our RTA four. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of people are concerned, he's the best in the business. And um, he, you know, I asked him again. I said, "What if it was today? What if day one was today, and you were going to build five one eight again? Do you think you could?" And he said, "I'm not sure. You know, he's really not sure because things have tightened up so much, and uh, parts are hard to come by, and." It's just a lot of work and it's a lot of money. So, you know, the more the general, the more aviation goes in the direction that it's going, the harder it's going to be for these kind of aircraft to, to exist, really. Um, so that, and we keep that in mind as well. Just think, well, we got to take care of this aircraft, right? It's not like we can have a mishap and bail out of it and just go get another one that's on the line. So awesome. we treat them different. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that, uh, Yourself and another uh, jet pilot, Jason Soames, were going to do a, a duo act uh, last year that unfortunately wasn't able to come to fruition because of uh, Cal Fire had to take over the base there. But uh, could you tell us a little bit about what you guys had planned to do? Yeah. So uh, this was down at S- SBD Fest, which those guys are just uh, awesome. We were so fortunate to get to fly that. Um, last year, they were supposed to have the Harrier Act come in. And the Harrier Act, uh, for whatever reason, had to, had to cancel. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so they gave us a call and Jason was already there in the MIG and I've known Jason for years and we kind of started talking. It was like, hey, well, and they had a slot for the same spot, which was kind of funny. So it's almost like they they just put <laughs> us together and said, here, y'all figure it out. We think it'd be cool. And they're like, well, that would be cool. <laughs> so um, Jason and I talked a whole bunch. We ran through a whole lot of ideas of what we should do. Of course, it's our first time doing it. We went out on practice day, kept our distance, stayed safe, did a whole lot of talking about it before. and. Um, you know, Saturday came up and, and, uh, we got a little bit, a little bit closer, a little bit more into it, kind of starting to figure it out. And we thought we were going to have it nailed by Sunday and really put on a good show. And then of course we were already firing up and, and break release. And then they called us and said, ah, you got to go back and shut down. Cause, uh, oh. you know, the fire taker, the fire tankers had to go, well, thank God they were there. I mean, they went and had exactly. a big fire to go put out. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, but man, you know, you're sitting in the cockpit, you got a MiG-17 sitting next to you and you're sitting there running in an A4 and like, ah, I'm going to go shoot this guy down, right? I'm going to win every time in the United <laughs> States. So, <laughs> exactly. um, <laughs> so this is going to be a lot of fun. So, and, you know, we had a, we had a lot of fun, st- uh, fun stuff planned uh, from, you know, we start off by individual takeoffs, individual flybys, and, you know, it keeps the entertainment in front of the crowd because I can go by and then he can go by and mm-hmm. these things take a, take a long time to turn around and then. We'll start coordinating like, uh, you know, I did a, a hook down dirty pass and then he comes by and burner and the goal is for us to pass or him to pass me at uh, show center, which worked out pretty cool. That was fun. And and then eventually we do a little t- tail chase. He chases me and then I chase him and we win. And then what we were originally going to do or eventually we're going to do was then we'll we'll get in formation together. Right. And we'll do a pass together. And um, we thought that would be pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I trust Jason. I mean. He's a dang good pilot and he's got a lot of experience and uh um uh, but anyway for for this year and well i don't know how this year's going to go but we're, we're still hoping to be able to coordinate a little bit maybe get some formation flying together practicing he's got a lot of formation time i have a lot of formation time but we don't have much formation time flying together in the jets and we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we practice that before we go out and do it so but that's oh, the yeah. idea and uh and you know historically the, the a4 did did have an engagement with the mig 17 in vietnam and ended up shooting it down with a Zuni rocket. Um, wow. So there, there's, there's some I, historical. I have heard that there. story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's always fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I'm sure a lot of, I know me for sure. I'm sure everyone would love to see that you guys flying together. That'd be just amazing. Um, one thing I, I had to mind, could you walk us through um, what it's like almost to, to take off as well as land the the A4 is like rotation speeds, approach speeds, gear speeds, all that, all the nitty gritty fun stuff there. Yeah, so uh, so ours, like I said, ours is a little bit lighter than others. And, uh, I've only flown two TA4s, and they flow flew pretty similarly. Um, even though Sugden is about a thousand pounds or so heavier than ours, they flew pretty similarly. Um, so on takeoff, one of the things you have to be careful of in the in the TA4 is or in the A4 is um, overspeeding the gear on takeoff. Um, we have a gear limits of 200 knots and it's mostly for like anything with a gear speed limit, it's usually for the gear door, not the landing gear itself. So, yeah. So, you know, we run it up We're we're, let's say we're starting right on the numbers and we're sitting there pointing down the runway, ready to go. We run it up to 85% power. Um, a few reasons for 85% power. Uh, one of the reasons, anything more than that, the brakes just don't seem to be able to hold it. So mm-hmm. that's about as much as we can go. And we look around, we check all the, all the instruments like you would in anything, check the trims, everything's looking good. Then you're looking out the window and you go full power. Uh, there's no afterburner, so you just go full full military power. Break release, you know, of course, and then uh, you're moving. Um, I start rotating around, oh, about a 
about 120 or so. Um, you know, I'll start bringing the stick back a little bit and just kind of fly her right off. As soon as I'm off in positive rate, I'm bringing the gear up. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a little bit of a climb going, um, just like I said, to keep the speed in check and try to get the gear up and the doors closed before 200 knots. And as you're passing through about 170 knots, you're putting your flaps up and you take off with about half flaps. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty um, quick, you know, set of tasks going on. Yeah, uh, on takeoff, and then of course you're checking because before before you know it, you're 250, and in most cases 250 is your speed limit. So you either need to pull the power back or or point the nose up, and usually it's a mixture of both of those things. Um, but that's the takeoff. You know, a lot of things going on, and pretty soon you're climbing like a homesick angel, and you're but coming in coming into land. You're, I mean, it's it's all about the speeds. Let's see. Uh, let's. I usually landed in an overhead approach, like most people do, right? So. Mm-hmm. Come in overhead, you know, let's say it's 200, 250 knots, and you come around, pull the power back, speed breaks out. I beam the numbers, you're uh, putting the putting the gear down because you're, you're below gear speed easy, easily there, and I just put my flaps to full. You run through your landing checklist as you're coming around base to final, and below 200 is when the slats start trickling out, so mm-hmm. um, you're just making sure those are coming out equally on both sides. Of course, you can feel them, you can see them. And then uh, you line up on the runway, and it's pretty much it's it's really straightforward to land the Skyhawk. Um, the biggest thing is the runway length and the brakes. So touching down, I mean, you <laughs> that thing eats uh, eats landings like crazy. You can you can make it look nice and smooth, but if you ever come in and you accidentally drop it in, it eats it, and you don't even notice it. So <laughs> you know it's made carry your gear <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and we have the angle of attack indicator in it, just like it always had. So at 1.16 VSO is what they use to come in on the carrier. And uh, 1.3 VSO is what normal GA people use to come in and land. Uh, that's mm-hmm. 1.3 times the stall speed. So usually we're usually we're somewhere between eh, around 130 to 140 knots on final. Um, coming in and you're keeping you're keeping the engine to where it's, you know, you're able to quickly spool it up and go around if you have to. Mm-hmm. And uh and you just come in, you touch down. As soon as you touch down, you kind of let the stick come forward because you don't want to keep the stick back. We don't have nose wheel steering in ours, so we want positive force on that nose wheel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 that's pretty much it. And then I, I wait until diesel about 100 knots before I start putting the brakes in. And, of course, we have spoilers on our aircraft as well because the wing came off of an L model, so we have spoilers that pop oh, up. Oh, nice. So yeah, so when you when you touch down, once you know your landing gear compresses, you you got you've already got your speed brakes out, you got your uh, flaps full, and then your speed brakes come up. Um, I'm sorry, your spoilers come up, and and it starts slowing down pretty good. Um, the interesting thing about the A4 is it'll even at idle, no matter how long the runway is, it'll never stop on its own because of the residual thrust. So oh, okay, oh wow. Um, yeah, so you can have a fifteen thousand foot long runway and it's never going to stop because even at <laughs> idle, it's producing thrust. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's why the brakes are critical. Um, it does not have ABS, so it doesn't have anal- analog braking system or anti skid or anything like that. So you got to be very careful with the brakes, and it's got little tiny tires. So that's <laughs> the most critical thing. <laughs> you don't want to get on the brakes too hard and blow a tire out and swerve yeah. or anything. Um, but that leads me to one of the projects we're actually doing is, and we're getting close to completion as well. We're actually building a drag chute for oh. it, um, which a lot of the late model A4s had, and it'll just bolt right on because all the tails are the same. So, but we're making ours out of new material instead of getting old material. So that'll be really cool. That'll be nice to have that in our back pocket. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Jared, that uh, just about takes us to our limit for this. Thank you again for joining us. It was, it was great to learn about the A4. really appreciate it. Cool. Well, thanks for having me. It was really fun. It was a great idea you guys had, and I appreciate y'all putting it on. Absolutely. All right, everyone, uh, that concludes this session. Thank you for tuning in to this aviation conversation. We hope that our discussion of aviation brought a smile to your face. This was our first time hosting this event, and we look forward to doing it again in the future. We welcome any feedback to improve these future events. You can find Full Disc Aviation online at www.fulldiscaviation.com and Mudspike Aviation at www.mudspikeaviation.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.